Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. I am your host, Fred, the NFL Always Offseason GM, and we're bringing you another great episode here on the sixth episode. We're going to be discussing the recent NFL news with the Julio Jones trade coming fresh off the waiver wire. Also, we're going to do the State Your Case segment where we dive into our favorite third-place team as voted on by the viewers. And then also the last segment is going to be where we break down the, the offense and the defense into 23 positions, and then we're going to draft a player, one from each team. We'll outline we'll out, uh, some of the details later, just a fun little off-season content uh, type of thing for everybody here. But we're going to jump right into it with the recent news. First up in recent NFL news is the Julio Jones trade going from Atlanta around, excuse me, along with the sixth round pick for next year in exchange for a second and a fourth round pick this next year to the Tennessee Titans. So once again, that's Julio and a sixth round pick from the Falcons going to the Titans in exchange for a second and a fourth round pick from the Titans. So all along, this is kind of the route that I was thinking that he was going to be traded for due to his age, his injury history, kind of the contract situation he had. It's very comparable to the DeAndre Hopkins uh, situation, except for the fact that I believe the Arizona Cardinals got a little more in return uh, due to flipping with David Johnson along with it. But either way, I, I kind of said all along that the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots are going to be the front runners here. And when you looked at the Tennessee Titans, their depth chart had a huge hole at wide receiver behind A.J. Brown. So basically they had A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, and then you're looking at Dre Fitzpatrick, the rookie this year in the fourth round, was going to be starting. So huge upgrade, huge get for the Tennessee Titans, helps bolster that offense. Love the trade, made sense for both parties. Atlanta gets off a contract. They start their kickstart their rebuild, their revamp uh, with some draft capital for this next year. Love it for both sides. The next piece of recent NFL news in the past week here is going to be the Rex Burkhead signing to the Houston Texans. And I've said this before on the podcast is I have no idea what the Houston Texans are doing with their roster rebuild. They completely turned over the roster and now they are rostering four to five running backs that have had significant playing time in the past two years. So they add Rex Burkhead to an already crowded backfield of David Johnson Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, like these are all very quality running backs. I just, I just don't understand what they're doing. Uh, they add another guy, Rex Burkhead. He's more been a pass threat over in New England the last couple of years. But I mean, either way, you, now you have four or five guys you're spending money on that are looking to get all get playing time in 2021. So that's the next big uh, news coming across the waiver wire. And then the last uh, piece of recent news that I wanted to touch on was going to be the Bashad Breeland signing with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, with their cornerback room, uh, last year they took two rookies in Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler, and both played average at best uh, most of the time. But, you know, that's as expected for rookies. The learning curve for corners is it's quite large. So when you look at their roster right now, they, they signed Pat Pete, they signed Mackenzie Alexander, and now they signed Bashad Breeland. Who, Bashad Breeland is he's an average corner. He, he can help build that room. Uh, there's a little bit of a log jam there, but it's always a good position to have depth at. So, especially with the Gladney off the field issues that he's encountered this offseason. So, helping to add to that room behind Cam Dancer, Patrick Peterson. They get Mackenzie Alexander, Bashad Breeland now. Kind of like what they're doing there in the secondary for the, the Minnesota Vikings this offseason. So, that's it for the recent NFL news. Just wanted to touch on each one of those. It's kind of 
big news in the recent debt cycle we've had. So let's kick it over to the State Your Case segment. Next up for the next segment on this week's podcast is going to be the State Your Case, where we argue for in favor of the highest voted option on our Twitter poll by our viewers. And this week, the Twitter question was, which 2020 third place team that was listed is more likely to make a Super Bowl run in 2021? The options we had available were the Minnesota Vikings, the New England Patriots, Carolina Panthers, or the Arizona Cardinals. There was a couple teams I elected to leave off of the poll just because uh, I don't see them making quite as big of a leap as to make it a Super Bowl run when we take a look, like obviously like the Houston Texans and teams along that line. So I kind of left them off the poll and narrowed it down to the four that I thought were the most logical candidates. So the one that we are looking at is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. And for the Cardinals, the number one thing that works in their favor is statistically they were a fairly good team in 2020 when you take a look at their offense they were 13th in points four and they were also sixth in yards gained so those are two pretty solid numbers especially the yards so they're one of the better offenses in the league and when we take a look at their defense they were 12th in points they scored against them in addition to 13th in yards allowed so once again those are pretty decent numbers they're above average in both numbers so and also when we take a look at their division, this is the number one factor that works against them as they are in a division that is highly competitive. They were 2-4 and four in the division last year uh, with two of those losses being uh, within one score. So it, it, they could flip the, the script here and go at least 500 in their division, which keeps them as a playoff team, in my opinion. But that is a little bit of a factor that's going to limit them and their their playoff push because everybody always tries to win their division first and after that then we start talking about Super Bowl runs so they're obviously competing with the defending champs in the division which would be the the Seattle or actually no excuse me it would be the Rams last year were the defending champs which they should look to be pretty competitive coming back in addition to Seattle who's always a top-notch team they you know everybody makes the joke that they wake up in the morning score winning 10 games each year so that that'll be a little bit of a competition as well in addition to the 49ers who should be much improved as half of the roster seemed like they were hurt last year at some point or another so it's, it's going to be highly competitive but the number one thing that I love about the Arizona Cardinals coming in this year is they pretty much improved at just about every position that you could have improved at. Uh, next, we're just going to break down their depth chart. and At the top, we're looking at Kyler Murray, who, when he was healthy, before he kind of got nicked up with some injuries midway through the year, was playing at an MVP type of level, uh, leading to the, the Arizona to like a 6-2 and two start last year. It, it's pretty impressive what he was able to do, and he's coming back off of his number one years uh, with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury kind of playing for his or coaching for his job here I like I would expect Kyler Murray to come on having an absolutely electric year again uh, being a top five quarterback top, top 10 type of quarterback uh, when we take a look at the running back position this is the only position when I was going through their roster that I thought was going to be worse in 2021 than 2020 but uh they lost Kenyon Drake to Oakland Raiders, and they signed James Conner. So if we look at that move alone, I think that that's, that's a, a move in the wrong direction just because James Conner is, is, is more of a shell of himself, especially after last year, all the injuries that he sustained. 
and then you look at the incumbent uh, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds was a very solid, like spell speed running back, a guy that you just dumped the passes off to out of the backfield, sub four three kind of guy, more of like a gadget kind of player that's looking to tote the rock. You know, fifteen to twenty times a game. I just don't see that him being that type of player. So running back was the position that I thought was a slight decline in moving on to 2021 so when we take a look at the wide receiver position though i i love this position group and we know that cliff kingsbury loves to live in a 10 personnel with four receivers so they what they do is they go out and they get aj green to basically kind of take that larry fitzgerald role back on and they already have deandre hopkins and christian kirk and they also go and draft another guy like rondale moore who they can fit into their scheme that hopefully can kind of take over for andy isabella who really hasn't lived up to the hype but, I mean, that, that, that gives them the ability to go four wide in some pretty formidable uh, formations there. So I, I really like what they did with the wide receiver room, especially for what they're looking to do. So we move on to the offensive line, and we can see that they have both their tackles returning. Uh, and that's a pretty key piece there on the offensive line that you're bringing back with DJ Humphreys and on the opposite side there as well too. So they also added on the interior Justin Pugh, uh, from the New York Giants, who's a you know above average starter, in addition to Rodney Hudson, who's actually a, one of the top centers in the league uh, in a trade from the Oakland Raiders. So interior, they're they're looking better as well too. It's another improved position group on top of the tackles, who are both incumbent starters. So uh, offensive line should be another plus. So uh, when we take a look at the offense as a whole, you're basically returning everybody and only losing one starter who. Let's face it, you know, he was average to above average at best. So not necessarily a net negative there. I think this could be an even better offense, especially with, you know, Cliff playing for his job, coaching for his job. He's he's the guy that's calling the plays. He's going to be desperate. He's going to be looking to be aggressive, make some aggressive play calls. So I could see this unit being much better in 2021 compared to 2020 when they were already a top 10 yardage offense and top 15 in scoring. So... The, the unit that I'm most interested to see this, this coming year building off of their strong year last year is going to be this defensive unit. This front seven is sneaky, one of the best in the league, especially with Chandler Jones missing the entire year last year. And he's one of the best sack artists in the NFL. He's, his pressure rate's insane. I think he had like 17 sacks last time he played a full year. So, I mean, this is a guy that he's one of the top two or three best guys in the league when he's healthy. And plus you add J.J. Watt to that mix with Marcus Gold, uh, Marcus Gold, Golden. I mean, that's a pretty solid front seven when, when we're breaking it down here. Those are three edge guys, three high-pressure guys that are going to make a, a difference on your defense. And then when you look at uh, their linebacker unit, they add Zavid Collins, who's he's kind of like that Donta Hightower hybrid kind of guy who's super big. He's like, you know, 260, 270, 280 pounds. And he's got some rush capability, but he's he's not afraid to drop in coverage. He can get in some zone lanes and drop into them hook zones, cover the middle of the field, add another dy- uh, dynamic element. And when you pair him with uh, last year's first-rounder, Isaiah Simmons, who's an all-around kind of jackknife kind of player on the defense, who's a 4-3 linebacker, uh, not 4-3, but like 4-3-40 linebacker, I mean, that, that's a really interesting combination there, kind of the different sets you can go in there, especially when you go in nickel personnel. And uh, Byron Murphy, who's always played at a high level at nickel for them, you bring him back as well. I think that they're going to live in that kind of personnel, that, that 4 2 five. 
But uh, when we take a look at their back end, this is where you're going to see the most turnover. Uh, Pat, the longtime Pat Pete is actually out of town moving over to Minnesota. They replaced him with Malcolm Butler, which uh, really, in my opinion, is it's it's a lateral move there just because of the decline in Pat Pete's seen the last you know year or so here with the age. And Malcolm Butler, I mean, you know what you're getting with him, real solid, you know, lengthy, bigger corner, you know, not necessarily a guy that you're going to expect to get up and press man in somebody's face, but he's a guy that's above average level play. So you add him to that room with, you know, as we mentioned, Byron Murphy in the nickel. Then you got Robert Alford on the outside on the opposite side, who's, you know, another average to above average player. You know, he's not necessarily, he's going to, you know, light the world on fire on that side, but I mean, he's, he's a capable starter. And where I liked that they kind of made some moves this offseason is some of their later round corners that uh, were big-time uh, high-upside players is the way I'll put it. So when we take a look at Marco Wilson, the corner out of Florida, just an absolute athletic freak. He's running the low 4-3s, had a just insane vert, I believe it was over 41 inches, and just an explosive athlete that it didn't really show up on the field for him. But with you talk about his athletic upside, it, this is a guy that could, you know, crack the lineup. Like, don't be afraid to, like, get this guy in there, get some playing time. And then also another guy that they drafted in the sixth round, Tay Gowan. Uh, if you listen to any of the PFF stuff that they put out there, they're absolutely in love with Tay Gowan. Tay McGowan, or, excuse me, yeah. I had to make sure I was pronouncing that right. But he's he's a PFF darling where he gave up, you know, one of the best passer ratings. He was very, very low in 2019 after opting out in 2020. So once again, another like low-risk investment in the sixth round with a high upside kind of guy. So don't be surprised if they push for playing time, you know, over some of these veteran guys like Alfred or Butler. In addition to that, they add Darquez Denard, the former first-round pick for Cincinnati. Uh, Another low-risk signing, another depth kind of guy to give their defense some range on the backside when you pair that with a guy like Buda Baker on the back end as well too he's an all pro safety he's a guy that's going to be shut down on the backside so I mean when we take a look just at the defense and the offense as a whole at net positives across the board I mean the only two positions that I see that are even close to being worse than they were in 2020 is that once again the running back position which Chase Edmonds came on showed that he has some big playability. You add James Conner just for some depth. You know, they're a dime a dozen if you want to go out there and sign a guy. Maybe you take a flyer on an undrafted guy, you know, late in camp, and he shows out. You know, maybe you've seen the next James Robinson, something like that. So there's there's a lot of options always available at the running back position. And then the only other position that we discussed was the corner position. That's the only one that makes me a little bit nervous. But like I said, Pat Pete, at the stage in his career he was at, losing him is basically a lateral move with Malcolm Butler and the other pieces that they have around him I think is going to help highlight that defense and help show that they you know they're they're ready to make that next step you know with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt bringing pressure off the edge you don't have to have elite level corner play when you're making the pass or throw the ball so quick so net positives across the board for the entire roster the only thing that works against this team is their tough division but the number one stat that I, I like to look at that I brought up earlier is they're two and four in the division, but two of those losses are coming within one score, and the other two being within 10 points uh, against the Rams both times. So 
with the amount of improvement you see and the amount of close games they've seen in this division, a team going 500 in the division making the playoffs is not out of the question here. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals are very likely going to go 11-7, and 12-6. and six, or Excuse me, not 11 and six or 12 and five this next year. I mean, that that is definitely not out of the question. Whether or not they win the division with that record is remains to be seen. But I think that they can be extremely competitive and they can make a Super Bowl run. So I mean, the viewership here is not far off. Voting for them to be a dark horse Super Bowl contender, especially if Kyler Murray returns to that you know NFL MVP candidacy that he was showing at the beginning of last year. So that's going to be state your case this week. Arizona Cardinals, dark horse Super Bowl contender after taking third place in the division last year. I like their I like their outcome, and I think I'm, the viewership is right on once again this week. So the next up segment is gonna, what we're going to be calling is our NFL Ultimate Team. So basically what we did is uh, we broke down an NFL team into 23 positions. Uh, I did 12 on offense and 11 on defense. And basically we took one, you can only use each team, one player from each team. So obviously there's going to be nine teams that are the odd team out, but you can only use a max of one player from each team for each position. So we went by position for position through both offense and defense, took a player from each team and basically built an NFL ultimate team. And now we're just going to present our results here and uh, our explanations as to why we chose that player. So right off the bat, we're going to start on offense with the quarterback position. And we went with the Baltimore Ravens' Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So obviously, I don't believe that Lamar Jackson is the best player in the NFL. But what he brings to your team as a quarterback, in my opinion, is far greater of a threat in another dimension that just we've never seen before. Uh, he makes your offensive line better. It makes it easier for them to block. And some people say, oh, he, he leaves the pocket too much. He gives him, gives himself up. I mean, he, in my opinion, that makes it easier when you leave the pocket. When you have the athletic uh, prowess that he has on every single play, the, the threat of running, you, you completely change the dynamic of an edge rusher and how they can rush you. And basically they just kind of try to contain you inside the pocket rather than get teeing off and giving you a true rush. So in my opinion, what Lamar Jackson brings to the table as a runner just completely changes what you need on the offensive line. Uh, It allows you to be a little more flexible there and have players that aren't as high-impact players. So in my opinion, Lamar Jackson is the pick here at quarterback that I would be taking. So that takes the Baltimore Ravens off the board and makes them their quarterback ours on this ultimate team. The next position is going to be running back. And uh, for running back, I chose Christian McCaffrey uh, just because he's hands down the best player on the the Carolina Panthers. And he brings another just insane element to the game as a runner and as a receiver. I mean, he's a guy that is (laughs) a thousand both ways as a rusher, as a receiver. Just extremely dynamic, extremely athletic. Uh, I know a little bit of durability questions there. But in my opinion, he's the best running back in the NFL and brings the most to the table. So that's who we went with that running back. Next is a wide receiver. We get to pick three receivers in this scenario. And the first one off the board, I took Devontae Adams. Uh, In my opinion, Devontae Adams, top 
three or four receiver in the NFL. And with not taking Aaron Rodgers in this scenario, I saw him as the next logical person on the off the Green Bay Packer board here. Uh, Devontae Adams, I'm pretty sure he leads like the NFL in receiving over the last, not receiving, receiving touchdowns over the last five years. Uh, just an insane stat. You watch the guy get off the line of scrimmage, nobody can keep up with this guy, and it's not because he's an athletic genius. And it just seems like these guys like this that win with route running consistently just last forever in the NFL. So I, I love what he brings to the table. In my opinion, he's going to be wide receiver one on this team. Uh, next up is going to be Tyreek Hill. Not taking uh, Patrick Mahomes opened up the Kansas City offense with all their weapons. And I saw Tyreek Hill as kind of this game changer type of wide receiver that could, we can play in the slot and just brings a whole other speed dimension to this offense. And you can run some jet sweeps with him and you can throw him screens. And he's just so dynamic with what he does with the ball in his hands. He brings another element that is a little bit different than what Devontae Adams brings, but could complement each other extremely well. So the Kansas City Chiefs player that we're taking here is going to be Tyreek Hill. And then the third wide receiver that we're going to be taking off the board here is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. So just due to how the teams shake out here, uh, D-Hop, in my opinion, is still top 10, top 5 receiver. So this is by no means a bad grab here, but on the Arizona Cardinals offense, or not their offense, but their just team in general, he was the guy that I saw as, like, he's a must-have type of player. And uh, his hands and his ability to play out wide, uh, him and Adams would be an insane duel with Tyreek Hill in the slot, just extremely well complementing each other. All brings something different to the game with his contested catch capability. I mean, we all see what he did on the Hail Mary last year. And then Adam's ability with route running and getting open in space and moving the chains and in the red zone. And then to pair with Tyreek Hill's speed, I just love this three wide receiver set that we're bringing to the table here. So next up is going to be tight end. So in this scenario, we did a tight end and an H-back. So the tight end that I chose, so keep in mind here, we can only pick one player from each team. So I took the Darren Waller from the Oakland Raiders just because I didn't see anybody else on that Oakland Raiders team that I thought was worthy of a selection except Darren Waller. He's, I mean, he's a top three, top four receiving tight end in the league. This guy is extremely dynamic. You're talking about a 6'4 receiver that's running like high or mid 4'4s, you know, low 4'5s. That is just an absolute matchup nightmare on the outside. So, and he's only ascending too. So, I, I love what this guy's bringing to the table. He's an accomplished, you know, proven tight end, uh, receiving tight end. So, he was my pick, especially that opens up some other teams and some other options for other positions. And then next is going to be the tight end slash H back. So, you could have went with a fullback here. We could have went with a tight end. In my opinion, the player I took was George Kittle. So this is a little bit tough for me because the 49ers had a couple guys at a couple different positions that I wanted to use elsewhere. You know, Trent Williams at left tackle is a very enticing option. Uh, Nick Bosa at edge rusher was an enticing option. But I ended up going with Kittle just because I believe he is the heart and soul of that Niners offense. And he brings just a dimension to the run blocking game that is just gnarly, man. he can maul dudes, and, and on top of being able to do that kind of stuff, you could split them. You can put them in a wing position. You can put them at tight end. This is a dude that's going to do some crazy stuff as a receiver, too, when you talk about, like, yak ability. 
and contested catches. Just he's an all-around type of player. I love what he brings as a blocker, though. That's why I included him as an H back. So next, we're gonna get into the offensive line at left tackle. My pick was <laughs> this is a little surprising here. I didn't think we were gonna have a Houston Texans player make the list, but Laramie Tunsil. So. When we look at the Houston Texans roster, there's literally about two guys that I think should even be mentioned even in the same breath as a top half starter in the league, and that's Laramie Tunsil and Deshaun Watson. So in this scenario, to kind of open up some teams to other positions, I thought Laramie Tunsil was a perfect fit here at left tackle, and in my opinion, he's top 10. And like we mentioned with Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun Watson, excuse me, Lamar Jackson earlier, uh, having a, a run-first quarterback like that, having a guy that brings a elusiveness to the table that Lamar does, kind of allows you to have, you know, not, I wouldn't say subpar, but not elite players at other positions. So that's why I took Tunsil here. Uh, next up, I took Quentin Nelson at left guard. So Quentin Nelson is just next level, man. Like, he is, like, by far and away the best player on that Colts team. He's a generational guard prospect clear-cut dude for the left guard position here. I went with Quentin Nelson. Not much else to say there. Next up on the ultimate team is going to be Corey Lindsley. So the reason we went with the Los Angeles Chargers uh, center is because if I remember correctly, I believe he was second team all pro last year. And basically when you look at the the roster for the Chargers, Joey Bosa was a thought here. Derwin James possibly at safety. But when we get to the back end there, you're going to see who we got at those positions and how we fit them in there. And for center, Lindsley's like a top top five guy at the position. And it just made too much sense here. So we went with Corey Lindsley at center. So the next spot is going to be the right guard position. And this was a tough one for me. I didn't really know who to go with. So I tried to go by a team that we had on our list here that we didn't have selected. It was one of the last positions I filled. And it was we went with Brandon Brooks from the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's a real solid contributor on the inside of that offensive line. And basically, I, I didn't really like anybody else to add to this list from the Eagles. So I went with Brandon Brooks. I thought it was a pretty solid addition at right guard here. And basically, it, it kind of opens up some other spots for other teams and other players. And like we mentioned before, with Lamar Jackson have that elusiveness, uh, we don't really need to have an elite offensive lineman here at right guard. So the last spot on the offense and the, along the offensive line here is going to be right tackle. And this one I thought was a pretty much a no-brainer here. Uh, I went with Brian Ramchek from the New Orleans Saints, uh, one of the top-graded offensive linemen by PFF for the last few years here. And really, when you look at that Saints roster, other than like maybe Marshawn Lattimore or Michael Thomas, I don't really know who else you're picking to add to this ultimate team. And in my opinion, I'm not the biggest Michael Thomas fan to begin with. So Ryan Ramchek was a elite pass blocker, no-brainer for me on this selection. It kind of rounds out a per- perfect offense, in my opinion. So let us know your thoughts on the offense here. Otherwise, we're going to move right over to defense here right away. Moving on over to the defensive side of the ball here, uh, how we're going to format this is going to be two edge rushers, two defensive tackles, two linebackers, three corners, one of them being like a slot or a nickel, and then two safeties. That's a total of 11 players. So first off the bat here for the ultimate team is going to be Daniil Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings edge rusher. So for me, uh, there's a couple of options on the Minnesota Vikings that we could have went, but I thought Daniil Hunter is the guy that has the, the highest potential that kind of 
can get a, the Minnesota Vikings on the board here. Uh, when healthy, he's an absolutely elite pass rusher. Uh, this past year, he had to sit out pretty much a whole season with a, a significant neck injury. But uh, I believe he's fully expected to return to full health. So getting him on the edge board here is a, is a big win for our ultimate team. Next up at the opposite edge spot is going to be Miles Garrett. So Miles Garrett, in my opinion, is probably a top two edge rusher in the league. I think it's between him and Chandler Jones. Uh, just when I look at the Cleveland roster, though, they added a ton of really high-quality pieces, especially when you look at what they have on offense already and some of the defensive pieces they added. Uh, it, it was kind of a hard decision who we wanted to pick, but I think Miles Garrett is the best Cleveland Brown on that team. So it was a it was a pretty easy choice here to get him at the other edge position here. So then interior defensive lineman, I think this will come to a surprise of nobody, but Aaron Donald is going to be our pick. Uh, he's possibly I, I seen something on Twitter the other day that he might go down as like the best defensive player we've ever seen in our generation and I don't I don't think they're wrong like this guy brings so much to the table whether it's an interior run defender or even as an interior pass rusher I mean they even like let him get a little wider like a five tech and let him rush a passer sometimes on the, off the outside so I, I, I'm no-brainer here get him on the interior make it a little stout up front uh, next up at the second defensive tackle spot is Grady Jarrett for the Atlanta Falcons. So Grady Jarrett's been one of the lone pieces on the Atlanta defense the last few years that's even been like remotely worthy of a starting position anywhere else in the league. Uh, he's a little bit longer in the in the tooth, you know, as they say. Basically, he's a little bit older, but he's still an elite defender. He can still clog run lanes. He can still be a very quality, like, nose tackle, three-tech piece in, in the middle of a defense. So I, I liked his potential here. There's nobody else on the Falcons that I really thought to get on the team here other than maybe, like, Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones, who's now at the Tennessee Titan. But in, in my opinion, this was the piece to go with. Uh, this was a good spot for him. So Grady Jarrett at the other defensive tackle spot. Next up at linebacker, uh, I almost <laughs> didn't have anybody from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which in my opinion would have been one of the most atrocious <laughs> uh, penalties that you could commit in an exercise like this, having the Super Bowl contenders not have anybody. But once I thought about it, Devin White was the obvious pick here. The dude played out of his mind all last year. He was one of the highest graded uh, running run defense linebackers. And when you think about the speed he offers and being able to play spy on the quarterback, and even in coverage, he's not terrible. Like He brings another element to the game on defense that you just don't have. There's not many guys that are like 240 pounds that can run 4-3-7. That's, that's just absolute bananas. So he was my first pick at linebacker. Uh, second selection here at linebacker, I went with Miles Jack from uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So in my opinion, he, he could be their best player on their entire team. And when I looked at the Jacksonville roster, there's there was a lot of like young pieces that I liked, but there's nobody that's truly elite that belongs on like an ultimate team other than Miles Jack, I thought. He's he's been a high level off ball linebacker, extreme athleticism, great in run support, been a very quality player for them for the last few years. And he shows up at our second linebacker spot here on the ultimate team. So rolling right into the secondary then, uh, the first cornerback that we selected was with the Miami Dolphins and Xavier Howard. Uh, this guy is like an absolute ball magnet. I believe it's two different times in his career he's had like 10 picks in his season. And he's one of the shutdown corners and part of that, um, actually a big reason why that Miami defense is so good the last couple of years, or at least last year for sure. 
So he was my first selection at cornerback. Second selection I had at cornerback here is going to be Tredavious White of the Buffalo Bills. So I went with Tredavious White uh, just because when I looked at the Bills roster, they had a lot of there, there's a lot of guys that are really good. Like uh, when you think about Trey White, uh, Micah Hyde, uh, wide receiver Stephon Diggs is consideration for one of the top guys in the league and some decent guys up front on the line but there's no like high level players except for like maybe Trey White and Stephon Diggs so in my opinion I had to choose between the two of them and I went with Trey White just because the corner room was a little bit harder to figure out how it shook out I wanted to make sure we got some top level defenders there so Trey White was the second selection at corner now in the nickel this is a little bit different it takes a specific skill set and I didn't really know who to go with. I originally had Mike Hilton from the, the Bengals here just to get a Bengals guy on the board. But in my opinion, I didn't think there was a Bengals guy that belonged on here over a player like J.C. Jackson, which who I went with. Uh, I believe he had seven interceptions for New England last year. And J.C. Jackson is a very high-level cover corner. He's going to get paid big-time money. Uh, whether it's in New England or somewhere else, I'm not sure. Uh, I originally had Stephon Gilmore for the Patriots listed on the ultimate team here but when I went back and looked at it I I ended up making the business decision about including Trey White and then putting JC Jackson here in the nickel so that's going to round out the corner room there and then on the back end for the two safeties the first one I selected is a no-brainer in my opinion I think he's the best safety in the league is Justin Simmons for the Denver Broncos this guy just does it all he I mean you name it he does it he can play run defense he can play single high safety he can he can move down and cover guys up he can run with tight ends. He He's just an all-around player and deserves to, to be the number one safety on the list, in my opinion. So the second safety, and to round out the ultimate team defense here, is going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. So this guy, coming over to Pittsburgh, basically rejuvenated himself after leaving the Miami Dolphins. They found a very specific role, and they kind of just let him hover and be a playmaker all over the entire defense. And he's, he's also a big part of that defense where... He's a main reason why they're so good, especially on the back end. Uh, I know they have T.J. Watt up front, so it was a very hard to exclude him from the list. But Minka Fitzpatrick comes in at the second safety spot here, rounding out our ultimate team. I just wanted to fly through and list off the teams as well that didn't make the cut for the team. So there, obviously, there's going to be nine that are left out with only 23 positions, or excuse me, 23 teams being used. But the nine teams that we didn't use are the New York Jets the Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans, the Detroit Lions, the Seattle Seahawks, the Washington football team, New York Giants, the Chicago Bears, and the Dallas Cowboys. So the big reason a lot of these teams didn't get picked, it wasn't because they didn't didn't have good players. There's a lot of good players on those teams. But when you look at some of their positions that were big-time playmakers at them, that they just didn't line up well with what we already had on the ultimate team here. So when you take a look at like the Tennessee Titans, they obviously get Julio Jones or they have Derrick Henry. But in my opinion, like guys like Christian McCaffrey, just a little bit more dynamic. And, you know, guys like Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, a little more dynamic, a little bit more versatile than Julio at this stage in his career. And like the Washington football team, same thing. They got guys like Chase Young. They got guys like Jonathan Allen up front and Montez Sweat. But like when you have guys already on the team like Daniel Hunter and Miles Garrett, you don't need the those edge rushers so like I said a lot of the good players on those teams that got left off so let me know your thoughts 
I thought this was kind of a cool exercise to do to kind of break it down to see who you include from each team and which teams get left out. So feel free to share your ultimate teams with us on Twitter. I'll I'll make sure I post the full roster here in a, excuse me text format online. So that's it. Otherwise, uh, that's all we got for the ultimate team. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode, episode six of the Pound the Table podcast here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We kind of threw some new content in there with the Ultimate Team. I'm going to do a couple more weeks where we do dive into some of this this funner off-season content. Uh, I apologize for any of the, the grainy audio. I had to record some of this stuff as you know I'm going to and from work. It's uh, been a little bit of a lifestyle change having the little one at home with us here now. So uh, let us know your thoughts, uh, anything else you'd want to hear. Like as always, make sure you interact uh, check out our content see what you think let us know if it's absolutely ridiculous or if it's something that you guys like to hear so as always uh, you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll get back to you next week with episode seven